<clears throat> so I uh, came across a couple of interesting papers that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, and I think it's absolutely fascinating what is happening right now out in the world of like deep science. Um, you know, we, we, were, we were having a big discussion this morning in my Pediatric Health Challenges class about the science and how um, so much science is into like evidence-based and randomized controlled trials and all this kind of stuff and how chiropractic really doesn't have a whole lot of that. And there are some downfalls to that for chiropractic, but one of the things that I think is, is good um, is that um, the, this isn't working, is it? One of the things that I think is good is that we don't have to play to these different players and start pushing the envelope on where things are going. So here's an example of a, <clears throat> this just came out in, in, uh, in Nature. Uh, hello, test, test. Um, this just came out in Nature uh, last week, which is like one of the top uh, journals that are out there. Probably would help if these things were on. Hello, test, 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 test. Right, maybe just turn on. Test, test, test. So what we're seeing is critical dynamics arise during structured information presentation within embodied in vitro neuronal networks. Now, what the hell does that mean, right? So, but if you read a little bit closer to this, um, this is what it says. It says, we used an in vitro neural network of cortical neurons that was trained to play a simplified game of Pong to demonstrate synthetic biological intelligence. We demonstrate that critical dynamics emerge when neural networks receive task-related and structured sensory input reorganizing the system to a near-critical state. So, and they showed a cute little picture here. So what they essentially did, and I, I don't know how they did this, but what they essentially did is they took some neurons, they put it in some chemical medium, they hooked it up to the game called Pong. I don't know if you guys are ever familiar with the game Pong, but Pong is essentially like tennis on a computer screen in an extremely rudimentary form. Like when I was a kid, it was the biggest thing ever because like it was amazing to take your TV and you put this screen thing over your TV, like this, this acetate over the TV. And then you, the two of you would hold, like my best friend, um, he, he got the first Pong machine in Lindbrook, New York. Um, and we were just, we were amazed that we could make the, this thing go back and forth and I could turn the dial and make it go this way and hit the tennis ball this way and he would turn the dial and make it go this way. And that was the whole game. That, uh, this was like the 1970s or so. So this was the beginning of, <clears throat> of video games. So what they're doing though, is they're taking nerve cells and they're making the nerve cells be able to play Pong. Now it says, if you read the rest of the article that we can't teach it to figure out strategy, but we can actually take a nerve cell and teach it to play Pong. I don't know where that's going, but I don't like how I think it can go. You know, like if you see all these, like there's a new TV show, I think it's on Netflix or Hulu, Simulant, right? And there's another, you know, iRobot, which is an older uh, movie about this kind of stuff and, and Terminator and all these kind of things. You know, you start t t teaching bodily structures, you take them out, 
you start teaching them how to do human-like things, I'm not a fan. And then there's another article that came out this week <coughs> that is from the Spectrum uh, magazine, which is, a, is an autism magazine, and it says, head size parts uh, autism to two major subtypes, which I thought was kind of interesting. And, and I've heard about this before, but essentially like 20% of people with autism uh, have larger heads um, because they have larger uh, brain size with more cells um, because they, they don't do as good pruning. Like as they're aging, they don't prune as much. So they have this, these like noisy brains. Um, and, 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 but on the other hand, they said there's a decreased number of the same cells in areas lead to more typical head sizes. So some kids with autism have normal head sizes. And I thought, oh, that was really interesting. But then I figured, well, how do they come up with this like hypothesis? And this is what they did. Once again, using stuff that I think is potentially skating on thin ice. Ge it, 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 this person and their colleagues generated brain organoids by using skin and bladder cells from autistic boys and their non-autistic fathers, idiotistic boys of macrocephaly and five atypical size heads. So what they did is they grew like mini brains and they compared how these mini brains did and some of them grew into macrocephalic you know, kind of mini brains and some of them didn't and that's where they're getting their information from. So in the same token as that other thing taught you know, a, a neuron how to play Pong, these scientists are growing mini brains. I really don't like where this is going. Because at this point, okay, it's 2023, we're growing mini brains. Someone eventually is going to do what? Grow a full brain. At this point in 2023, you got some scientists that are teaching a neuron how to play Pong. What's going to happen in like 2033? You're going to take that brain that they grew in a, in a dish, and you're going to teach it how to do some things that probably we shouldn't be teaching brains in a dish how to do. Right? I just, to me, I see, I, you know, here's the thing. The scientists will say, we're just doing experiments. We're just trying to learn how things work. I have no problem with the scientists doing their scientific work. The problem is when it gets in the wrong hands. The problem is when it gets in the wrong hands. What's going to happen when this technology gets in the wrong hands? When you start growing brains and start making like matrix. Remember, do you remember the matrix? where you, you go into that room and all these people, these kids are like hooked up to these machines and how, oh my God, like, is that where this is going? So although I appreciate that science feels it has this obligation to do these kind of things, and chiropractic can't even touch this kind of technology that they're doing, in some ways I'm kind of glad that we're not going in this direction because this direction, to me, can be the absolutely wrong direction. And like the, the thing that I love about chiropractic, more than anything else, is that we put our hands on people. Because you go to most doctors, and most doctors, if they touch you at all, right, is a, that's a big thing. Most doctors, they don't, they, like, we just had a, a patient who said, <coughs> they, they went to their GI doctor because they had GI problems. The GI doctor spent 20 minutes talking to the person, literally spent like 20 seconds feeling their abdomen, and then gave them a prescription and sent them on their way. To me, the way healthcare really works is high touch, right? High touch, high empathy. Yes, we want that. Communication is important, I agree. But 
the person came to me and she was talking to me about this and she said like, this person didn't touch me, right? Or hardly touched me. And people want that. But I'm afraid of what happens when they start doing this sort of stuff. And like, whether or not there are some kids with autism with, who have macrocephaly and kids who don't, and okay, that's an interesting subcategory which we've heard about before. <clears throat> What's scary is the technology they're using to figure this stuff out. And I'm hoping that chiropractic is able to like stay away from this kind of crazy technology because I, I want us to keep with the high touch aspect of what we do because that's what really makes the biggest difference with our people. <clears throat> so 